Lyrics are, in a way, one of the most mysterious elements of composition. Airbuds and Airworms, I'm Amy Shepherd, and this is... <laughs> Mitchell Manley. <laughs> Wait, was that your idea? Do-do-wop-a-do-do, <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, I, I had something earlier, forgot it again. I should really start writing these down on the show sheets, but, you know, just insert random weird nonsense. Insert mm-hmm. Captain Beefheart lyric here. Uh, was that you who posted that about um, uh, Beck? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Beck is is the master of of ridiculous lyrics, which uh, if you haven't noticed, is going to be the the theme this week. And yeah, like, uh, yeah, loser is a pretty ridiculous one. He says something about sympathy crutches in there, and or no, that's in in Devil's Haircut. He says something oh. about sympathy crutches. But loser, he's getting crazy with the cheese whiz, and he's something like he's mad like a termite choking on a splinter. And uh, yeah, there's just a lot of weird lines in Beck songs, which I appreciate. Yeah. So was it because it was your birthday that you're like, let's do ridiculousness? Yeah, I, I think I can't remember what I was listening to, but I was listening to some song that I was like, OK, this has got some some weird, absurd lyrics in it. So and, you know, like we always do, we've done like a interesting or like relatable lyrics before and everybody always talks about lyrics that they love. And so I figured let's subvert that in some way and just talk about ridiculous lyrics or lyrics that don't make any sense or that are just cryptic, you know, it can go a lot of ways. Or it could be like me where I don't understand the lyrics, so I think none of the lyrics make sense. Right, exactly. Yeah. What song did you bring this week? I'm going to start us off with a band called Wolfpack and their song 1612. It's a sentence, what you need to say. Sometimes I write a little song so you don't forget it. Sometimes I write a little song to remember the Sinatra. Wolfpack is such a fun and weird band, and they do the neo-funk thing like no one else does. Uh, and this is one of the songs that really hooked me whenever I first discovered them. Uh, I'll read some of the lyrics for you real quick. He says, it's a Simmets, which uh, a Simmets is a pain in the ass, like Yiddish <laughs> for a pain in the ass. It's a Simmets, but you need to set it. Sometimes I write a little song so I don't forget it. Sometimes I write a little song to remember the lyrics. It goes 1612, that's the code to my heart, 1612 star. And then the second verse is just Aquarian, Ford Focus. A strike on the box, Ford Focus. Roberta Flack, Donnie Hathaway, Frank Sinatra. 
and then just like back into that chorus again. So like the song is this great example of one that makes no sense without the context. But once you know the actual premise behind it, it makes a ton more sense. So like uh, apparently one of the main songwriters in the band was staying at an Airbnb and uh, the Airbnb had a security system that had to be set before he could leave the house. So the code to set the alarm was 1612 star. And so to remember the code, he just writes this silly song, you know, because it's easier for him to remember it if he sets it to this little earwormy jingle. And so without that context, the song just sounds like some gibberish free association. But, you know, now that you know that, you can go back and he says, it's a sim, it's a pain in the ass to set it. But so sometimes I write a little song so I don't forget it. So he's writing a song to remember the code for his Airbnb. And so, like, I just love that it actually has some discernible meaning once you actually know that little story. How in the world does that, like, second verse, like, help him remember 1612? Okay, so according to Genius, it's it's kind of a, <laughs> a, a weird one. But, like, Aquarian starts with A, which is the first letter of the alphabet, one. Uh-huh. Ford Taurus starts with F, which is the sixth letter of the alphabet. Okay. And then a strike on the box. Think of, like, a single score mark, one. Mm-hmm. And then Ford Focus... I, I'm not sure because that is, I guess because it's that's just like the, four uh, Taurus. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the same thing, but it's saying it's two F's, so maybe that's supposed to represent two. But then he says Roberta Flack, Donny Hathaway, Frank Sinatra, and I think that's supposed to represent star. And so it's like this even more abstract version that's even weirder, but uh, it all plays back into it. And it's, it's just super interesting to me. I feel like this guy was elevated as he was trying to memorize. That something. is very possible because. Wow. I don't know. The tune is like super funky and the lyrics as like without that backstory, completely indecipherable, um, except for the 1612 part and the Frank Sinatra. Uh, it's just really easy and fun just to enjoy. Um, it makes you want to break into these 70s disco moves and possibly some bell bottoms for some reason. I think I'm going to have to add this to like a, a roller skate playlist because honestly, it's so enjoyable. And with the name Wolfpack, it sounds so metal. Yeah, I think and I think you've brought a Wolfpack song before, and it just mm-hmm. sounds so metal. But I think the, like... the interesting story is I think they used to be called Wolfpack, mm-hmm. but there's a metal band called Wolfpack, <laughs> and so they changed their name to Wolfpack. Yeah, and when you think you're gonna be listening to something that's metal, Wolfpackish, then like it's super disrupting to hear some like funkadelicness going yeah, exactly. on. And I just like it. It's just really fun. And I really, I just need to like remember to put them in my playlist. Uh, This week, I brought Reggie Watts' amazing song. When you brought this up, 
I was like, I need to bring a Reggie Watts song. It's just some words and then not words. And I knew like when presented with the nonsensical lyrics, I just had to use it. Um, I'm pretty sure plenty of folks know like the Reggie Watts from like there's a podcast called uh, Blam Blam Laugh or something like that. But um, I don't know. He's hilarious. I love listening to him. He was on like the show of that podcast. What is it called? Are you thinking of Comedy Bang Bang? There we go. Comedy Bang Bang. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. It's he's really so clever and quick on his feet. I don't know how much work he puts into it. There's multiple languages that he uses in like his TED talk just to Mm -hmm. confuse the living snot out of you. And I don't know. He's imitating words and then just sliding in with that salami, which doesn't sound like as chill as I thought it sounded. <laughs> right. But, yeah, sure. Yeah. Sounds no, a little scary. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you brought Reggie Watts. He's definitely one of my favorites, and his style is a perfect example for the theme this week. Uh, for folks who aren't familiar with Reggie Watts, he's a comedian and musician, and one of the mainstays of his live show is his loop performances where he just like beatboxes a drum beat and a bass line and puts it on a loop and then just improvises absurd and nonsensical lyrics over the top of it and always just comes out so amazing. And what I love is that he's just like so proficient at imitating just about any style of music in this way. So you'll hear something like this where he's doing some kind of weird stream of consciousness rap. Uh, But one of my favorite performances, you can find it on YouTube if you search Reggie Watts at his best. Uh, He did a performance on the Conan O'Brien show where he improvises this like really smooth mid-tempo soul R&B jam. It's just so smooth and like gets the mood and spirit so perfect and dead on that it gives me goosebumps every time, even though he's just like singing gibberish about oatmeal and brown sugar. And like somehow the performance and, and just his wholehearted commitment to the bit just makes it this seriously incredible song and and uh even though it's like more or less all improvised on the spot so yeah he's just a genius musically comedically uh and he's he's highly educated super brilliant he's just the best i'm so stoked that he got onto the show this week uh did you see his radiohead one i i uh, that was like on autoplay uh after (laughs) one that i watched but i didn't get a chance to actually watch it it's it's of course it's gibberish but wow he does such a good imitation of like tom york's lyric style it's so great i love it um (laughs) your buddies i think that they like nonsense they definitely like nonsense because they listen to us every week true story (laughs) um but this week our ear buddies brought a ton of songs our first ear buddy is joshua t who's playing to the crowd with they might be giants countdown the yellow roosevelt avenue leaf overturn the order of our poor reality is an adventure we have spurned, we spurned. A new leaf overturned, is a new leaf overturned. And so I'm going down to Cowtown, the cow's a friend to me. Lives beneath the ocean, and that's where I will be beneath the waves, the waves, and that's where I will be. I'm gonna see the cow beneath the is the egg, knowing that which throws the stone, foresees the bone, the bone, our only home is bone, our only home is bone. Joshua says, this song forever makes me smile. The lyrics are so ridiculous, and in classic TMBG style, they sing them with all the conviction in their hearts. I want to see 
the cow beneath the sea because that has got to be something like absolutely amazing, but also could be a manatee. Not sure. Um, there's definite word soup going on, but what I appreciate most about this submission, you know, by of the uh, patron saint of earbuds and earworms, um, it's like all the individual voices you can hear. Normally with They Might Be Giants, it's all about the harmonies, but they like mm -hmm. single out themselves this time. And I don't know, it's hecka good. And they like took turns and I love it. And there's like some horns or something in there. I don't know. I liked it. And I want to see a cow beneath the sea. Yeah, but me a too, for A sure. living cow, like he, getting oxygen and stuff. Yeah. So yeah, Joshua T, of course, playing to the judge here, uh, but this also happens to be in my top five They Might Be Giant songs of all time, uh, but also it's just a genuinely uh, excellent example of, uh, of the theme from a band who's just next level at writing lyrics that can either actually mean nothing or lyrics that have some discernible meaning, but it's like mass behind a wall of cryptic phrases and allusions to random other pop culture. Uh, the beginning of this one just seems to be like a fun play on words. You've got a lot of those like sort of before and after type phrases. For instance, uh, the first line is the yellow Roosevelt Avenue leaf overturned. And so you break that down. There's the yellow, the yellow rose of Texas, which is like a, it's a classic song from like the 1800s or something like a traditional. So the yellow rose of Texas Roosevelt Avenue and the phrase a new leaf overturned. And so you mash that all together a yellow Roosevelt Avenue leaf overturned and just, it looks preposterous on paper and it's just like grammatically a nightmare, but because each phrase kind of flows smoothly into the next phrase by sharing a syllable, our brain doesn't freak out as they're singing it. And then the chorus is I'm going down to Cowtown. The cow's a friend to me lives beneath the ocean. That's where I'll be. So he's singing about hanging out with manatees, I think, um, which is a little weird, but like also kind of fun. And it also helps kind of emphasize the sort of sea shanty feel to the song as well. Um, I could probably do a whole episode of Absurd They Might Be Giants lyrics, but that's probably true for most of the artists that we're featuring this week. So, Yeah. Um, have you ever, uh, I mean, you have no reason to watch children's cartoons, but Sarah and Duck, they have this weird obsession with um, manatees in there, and they're always talking about the sea cows, and it, it always brings me such joy. I don't know why. It's a British thing. Who knows? Gotcha. Uh-huh. Uh, Jason H. is our next year buddy who brings Frank Zappa and Captain Beefheart's Tiger says have fun with this one i think beefheart really missed kindergarten or something bold moves here there's fart noises at the beginning and all sorts of like weird bodily sounds i don't know what is going on but i like the cadence and the weird laughter coughing just weirdness it's it's weird it's i don't know it's enjoyable i know frank zappa does like crazy lyrics and i know captain beefheart does crazy lyrics and i mean just at the end they're just like tiger roach <laughs> so yeah, i was weird. like okay 
<laughs> yeah, so Frank Zappa is known for having some silly songs, but he's got nothing on Captain Beefheart in the way of ridiculous lyrics. Uh, for this song, they both kind of throw syntax out the window in favor of weird animal squeals and just disjointed word soup about animals and insects and food and comic book heroes and tons of other stuff just kind of shouted with no context or connectivity. Uh, and as much as a song like this, uh, you know, uh, it, it kind of sounds like the result of too much bad acid. Uh, Frank Zappa nor Captain Beefheart, neither of them did drugs. And so, uh, yeah, and I'm not sure about Zappa's band, but Captain Beefheart had a no drugs policy in his own band, uh, which kind of harkens back to the avant-garde jazz composer Sun Ra, who we've talked about on a, a few episodes as well. Uh, you know, this guy told everybody he was from Saturn and played weird dissonant noise jazz, but he shunned drug use for himself and for his band members. So while doing a bunch of psychedelics may be a great shortcut to thinking outside the bun, like Sun Ra and Zappa and Beefheart show that you can sound just as trippy without without ever taking a thing, you know? I just, it, it still shocks me it's hard sometimes. To believe. <laughs> I know. It's like telling me the Beatles didn't do drugs. It's crazy. Right. Which we all know that's a lie. For sure. Um, Jenny is our next year buddy, and she brings the Mars Volta's The Widow. says and apparently this song is about having the fear of god put into you but the lyrics uh don't make that super clear i actually know this song of all the songs that are on any mars volta albums this one's the most recognizable and i don't know why i don't know if it was on the radio probably not but i do know the song don't know what it means it's like a story but super vague and like all of the songs sound if all of Mars Volta sounded just like this, I would totally listen to all of Mars Volta with pure joy. And I, I don't know. It's just so good. It's I, I just really like it. There's a lot of swooping singing and like he could sing about laundry detergents here and I would just be happy. Yeah, I'm with you there. Uh, I'll, I'll start by saying it was a grave mistake for me to have left Cedric from Mars Volta off my list of examples because, holy crap, I have long touted his his uh, lyrics as being some of the most impenetrable stuff I've ever heard. But it just sounds so rad when he sings it, you know. Uh, in this song, the opening lines are, He's got fasting black lungs made of clove-splintered shards. They're the <laughs> kind that will talk through the wheezing of coughs. And, and so there are these really abstract lyrics, but it's also really evocative in terms of the imagery that's being set up. Fasting black lungs made of clove splintered shards talking through a wheezing of coughs. You know, I just see this like skeezy dark character like hacking and wheezing through every word he says and like creeping and shambling through the streets and scaring all the kids and terrorizing <laughs> the community with this ominous presence. 
So I can at least see the fear part at least, but it seems like it's kind of up to us to infer that he's trying to evoke that toxic fear of God that a lot of religious folks kind of indoctrinate their kids into that angry and jealous God of the Old Testament and the hellfire and brimstone of the New Testament. Uh, and he repeats the line, I'll never sleep alone, which kind of alludes to the idea that God is always watching. Even when you're alone in your room trying to sleep, he's still looming and making sure you don't act up. Uh, and, and we've barely even like scratched the surface of that guy's lyrics. Uh, in his old band, At the Drive-In, there's some winners too. Uh, me and my friend Adrian used to blast At the Drive-In when we worked at Hot Topic together. And we'd always just sing the wildest lines as loud as we could. Uh, there's one At the Drive-In song called Sleepwalk Capsules. And the opening lyrics are, Taser, Taser, Kindergarten, Nap, Nap, Nap Time. <laughs> and then later in the song, he's, he's singing this refrain of, Lazarus through the party, Lazarus through the fight. Lazarus through the party, Lazarus through the fight. And just like, just a weird lyricist. And like, when you do the research and decrypt and decode it, it's like, it's usually some super interesting, poignant stuff. But uh, if you don't put in that extra bit of work, it's just nonsense. And I kind of <laughs> love it for that. Well, I, I, I think it's really enjoyable. I really need to like put, you know how you weren't a big fan of Sonic Youth? Right. And then you started like listening to Sonic Youth. I feel like that's me and Mars Volta. Like, I, I feel like I need to put in the work. Especially that album. Uh, Francis the Mute is the name of that album. And it's just epic from start to finish. It's so good. And I think they have saxophones, right? Uh, They've got all kinds of crazy instruments. Saxophones and trumpets and uh, violins. They just, uh, whatever works, they throw it on a song if it needs it. (laughs) Uh, And the trumpets on the album are played by Flea from Red Hot Chili Peppers. uh, As a nice little tidbit for you. He took a break from the bass? Yep, and uh, he's actually a damn good trumpet player. Huh, I'll have to check that out. Um, Metal Johnny is our next everybody who brings Melvin's Hooch. song gives me like some serious black sabbath vibes but like i'm terrible at lyrics in the first place so deciphering these are just super hard but the song is called hooch and he mentions relapse multiple times so i think it has something to do with alcoholism that's probably a good guess uh johnny shared some of the lyrics from this and a lot of it's just absolute gibberish Uh, And that's actually how the lyrics are printed everywhere you look. But in doing some research, I read that uh, their singer Buzz says that these are real lyrics, even though they sound like gibberish. And, you know, the gibberish lyrics that are printed in the liner notes and all over the Internet don't say anything about relapse. But now that you mention it, I do totally hear that. And I think you may be onto something. Uh, I know Buzz, uh, not unlike Zappa and Captain Beefheart, also not a big fan of drugs and alcohol. So the song very well may be like a disdain for alcoholics or, you know, the monster that alcohol can turn some folks into uh 
Uh, and it also may be the most absurd uh, example in Melvin's catalog, but they definitely have some some songs with, that are just weird word soup lyrics or just outside the box approaches to putting words to their songs. Uh, another great example might be their song Water Glass, uh, which is all like call and response military marching cadences. Uh, lots of left, right, left, and here we go, wayos, and that kind of thing. Uh, I know I've read that Buzz said that he wanted to do something totally different than anyone else doing heavy metal. And so when everybody else is singing about Satan or trying to be dark and macabre, he just made a bunch of songs that don't have any objective meaning outside of just getting you pumped. And by God, that's exactly what they do. Did I see something this week on like Buzz being like controversial? He is, uh, he's a conservative and I don't know what his actual in-depth views are, but he was on Gavin McInnes' podcast, if you're familiar. Ugh. He's, uh, he's basically the guy who, uh, founded the Proud Boys a long time ago mm-hmm. and, uh, has some, some questionable alt-right opinions. And so, yeah, I think, uh, him, him showing up on an alt-right podcast had a lot of people up in arms, which I can understand. This is when you separate the art from the artist. Yeah, sometimes you gotta. Mm-hmm. Uh, Justin W. is our next year buddy who brings Trace Mountain's Me and May. I always say that it's okay That there is always another day To write your song into the world But there are two Justin says, a song about dreams versus reality, but I have zero understanding this line and just tickles my funny bone. Waking up on a big blue moon, drinking your horsey's gasoline with only good things. This one is slightly more clear than mud, but mostly kind of gives that like loving cute vibe. Like there's something very cute going on and it's very dreamy. And the horsey's gasoline, is that hay or what? Horsepower is powered by gasoline, but don't drink that. And hay is really hard to drink because, I don't know, it's solid and pointy. (laughs) So either way, it's just super lovely and dreamy and happy sounding. And I just like, that's one of those ones where you can wrap yourself in a blankie of the song. I just like it. Yeah, I'm with you. I I really love the vibe of this jam. And it's just like so chill and delightful that I might not have ever even questioned the lyrics unless Justin had pointed them out, you know. Uh, They definitely fall into that category of kind of stringing together these stanzas that have meaning isolated from one another, but they don't really relate to one another from one section to the the next. And so I think that sort of thing kind of helps emphasize that this song is more about the mood and the atmosphere uh, that it builds rather than telling a story or conveying some coherent and direct message 
Uh, I'm definitely getting like a sort of bittersweet vibe, uh, you know, like something you love going away or or some other sort of separation that's sad and unfortunate, but it's not antagonistic or like heart shattering like a bad breakup. Instead, there's a sense of like understanding and a sense of carrying on despite the sad feels. And I love that they can, you know, sort of uh, uh, evoke that mood without really directly telling us a story. And instead, they give us these vibes and fragments to kind of pick up and, and, and sort out subjectively and, and sort of refract our own meaning and understanding into the framework that they've given us. So, beautiful song. Definitely going to check out this whole album. I really liked it a lot. I, I mean, is Trace Albums like a new, or Trace Mountains, are they like a new band? I'd actually never heard of them. So this is definitely a, I, I'm pretty sure they're a, you know, a recent band in, in the last few years. Um, okay. But yeah, so new, new to me for sure. Hmm. Um, our final ear buddy, rounding out like a bunch of J submissions this I was going to, I was going to make a comment <laughs> on that at the end is that I, I kind of picked all J's this week and I, I, I almost did it on purpose, but I just yeah, thought it was like, funny. I'm like, I'm pretty sure every, yeah, all six ear buddies are J's. Yeah. Crazy. Okay, Jeremy S. brings us Elton John's Solar Prestige Agamon. Oh, my cameo molesting. Keep out of four of fourteen. Solar Prestige Agamon. Prestige to pay a flood Ray in the Paco Egamon Sola Prestige Paco Canon Elton John. I should know more Elton John. He's been around for a hot minute. Also, I was wondering if this is an actual language and it doesn't seem like it is. But I kind of did some research, and it's supposed to be, like, words that are sung in Italian accent that are English words. I don't know. Elton John asked his writer to make something uh, for him because everyone was trying to find meaning in some of his songs. And he was like, I want some nonsense. And um, there's even, like, a quote from a website. Um, I will link it. It's called a Turbert Salmon Hair Ring Sardine Cod Maybe Reference to the Five Loaves and Five G- uh, Fishes that Jesus imparted to the Faithful. As one theory goes. But this goes against what like Elton John was saying because he didn't want like meaning assigned to the song. And then somebody else, he like whoever wrote this like weird blog spot website was like, and this one random reviewer really hated the song. So I was like, okay. Either way, it's fun, it's jubilant, and I like it. It's very jangly. It has, like, the feeling of some ABBA songs, which is really hard to do because that Swedish pop is hard to imitate. But Elton John really pulled it off here. Yeah, I can totally hear the ABBA vibes that you're alluding to. It's definitely, like, very jaunty and jubilant sounding. Uh, And the stacked harmonies and, like, the staccato piano definitely makes it sound like some epic Swedish pop. Uh, And not to mention that the lyrics themselves are sung in a sort of ambiguous 
uh, foreign sounding accent. So even though the majority of the words are in English, it, it makes the song feel a bit exotic and fancy and it makes it feel very high class and luxurious affair, even though uh, the lyrics are ultimately not saying a damn thing. So, uh, and, and it's hilarious that even though Elton John and his, and his lyricist Bernie Topan uh, essentially told people that there's no real meaning to it, people still try to read the religious overtones into it, which I think kind of speaks to something about the human psychology and like the role that religion plays in people's lives that they want to read into every metaphor as if it's about Jesus or like they try to find divinity where there really is none to be found. So, you know, ultimately while Elton John just wanted some meaningless rubbish, uh, he kind of ended up with this interesting social experiment into the way that people interpret that, which they don't understand, which I think is pretty fascinating. It's like finding uh, Mary or Jesus in a piece of toast. Right, exactly. We're pattern-seeking I, creatures. We're very, and we like uh, the familiar, so of course we try to find some meaning. Right. Um, I don't know. I really like this episode. I could listen to nonsense lyrics all day. It was really fun. Um, you can tweet at us. I'm at Pow I Gotcha. I'm at Madam Woolite, and the show is at E&D Pod. You can join the conversation on the Facebooks. Yeah, our evil social uh, website overlord. Um, Earbuds and Earworms podcast group. The voicemail line is... 731-400-BUDS or... 731-400-2837. You can email the show, endpod at gmail.com. And you can check out the show, which sometimes makes sense and sometimes doesn't andypod.com part of the 10710 network what is our final song this week so our final song is going to be why and uh his song a sky for shoeing horses under uh, i've brought why several times now his lyrics are always just wild as hell and sometimes they have an apparent meaning but most of the time it's really personal out of context references to his own life or sometimes it's just lots of vivid imagery and really palpable mood words all strung together in this perfect flow to get you vibing with the song even if you have no idea what he's singing about um i'm honestly not sure that this song could even what it could possibly be about but i think the mood that it elicits for me is this sort of like quiet resolve and like finding beauty and sadness or like the moments of quiet and calm where your brain does its best thinking and reflecting and like you end up with these insights and observations that are really significant but the insights don't really come to you when you're in the thick of your day like being stressed and trying to get things done and so these like profound moments they come when you stop and free your mind to wander and you sort of quietly observe your own mind so you know it's, it's such a short and simple jam but one of my favorites of all time so i hope you guys dig it as well good luck figuring out what the hell all this means in wise song a sky for shooting horses under Sidewalk in front of me as my tennis shoes go in and out of the frame. Another 
asleep foot at empty wide, walking on goose eggs in the mission. Swap me brown 31 fishnet hat cocked to the right. I only played chess once in my life and I lost. Sky.